Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans for the week of Monday, September 23rd, 2019. As always, I am your host, Robert Vallejos, and I'm joined this week by my regularly scheduled tag team partner, Rick Monsi. Rick, how you doing this morning? Damn it, I'm doing pretty good, Robert. How are you doing? Um, I think better than you. Oh, yes. Let's go. I'm good to go. We have on this show to talk about the most awesomely beautifully disastrous card that we've talked about in a really long time so this should be an infamous show are you fired up yeah i'm hoping that this show is at least half the hot mess that that whole show was last night there's almost no chance of that but if you want to contribute to future editions of the show so we're not such a hot mess there's several ways to do so go ahead and send us an email mma livecast at gmail.com that's mma l-i-v-e-c-a-s-t at gmail.com Go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at MMA Torch. That's at MMA T O R C H. And find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash MMA Torch fans. Okay, Rick, let's just dive headfirst into it. Last night, the UFC came to us from Mexico City, and oh boy, did they have themselves a card. Normally, we like to give a grade of the card to start out with thumbs up, thumbs down, A to F. Can we even. Can we even put a value statement on last night's card, Rick? No, because there was some nice things sprinkled in there, but with the main event happening how it did, it kind of makes it a in a you know you can't really can't really give it a grade, unfortunately, in my opinion. Yeah, and and just to give context for those of you who didn't watch, I don't think this was exactly the most hyped card in UFC history. We closed the night on let's let's look at before we look at who won and who lost. Let's look at just. What was uh, what was the results here? We have a unanimous decision, a split draw, a majority decision, 
and a no contest. Like what an anticlimactic way to close a UFC card. And there's decent action sprinkled in there, as Rick said, but just um, so many unsatisfying endings. And uh, that's typified by what happened at the top. As we talked about last week, I think both of us, um, despite not giving this card a ton of hype, thought, okay, well, this is a pretty good main event and one that should be heavily featured with a lot of violence. Instead, we got MMA's version of the finger poke of doom, essentially, as Yair Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens fight to a no contest after 15 seconds. Yair Rodriguez poked Jeremy Stevens in the eye. Jeremy Stevens could not open his eye. He was given the full five minutes. And the doctors came in. He couldn't open his eye is really what it come down to. It's not one of the cases where he could open his eye and kind of fake his way saying, yeah, I can see the guy could not open his eye. And he's released some statements this morning, some videos. That eye is bandaged up. That eye is scratched. He was messed up. So Herb Dean kind of had no choice, had to call off the fight. It ends in a 15 second, no contest. And the fans of Mexico City were not happy about this one. They end up throwing drinks and popcorn and all kinds of stuff at Stevens as he's walking out. You had Brandon Fitzgerald taking shelter under the announce desk. So a pretty, pretty chaotic scene going down here in Mexico City last night. Rick, your reaction to all of this? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, just to start with, who did Violent Bob Ross said it compared to Bash at the Beach 1996? Let me let me pull up what he said. Uh, give give your thoughts. Let me find out. Exactly okay, what, perfect. Because uh, it's a good reference that's worth stating. I think that you know it was 14 seconds long, and then the eye poke happened, and that was one of the first times I can remember someone actually getting the full five minutes and then not resulting in the fight continuing, which is kind of climactic while it was happening live, but then when the fight was called off, yeah, it was a big-time disappointment. I was surprised at um, how visceral the crowd was against Jeremy Stevens. I get it. It's disappointing that you your main event was stopped the way it was, and you, know, you paid your money, you went to this event, and that happened. But at the same time, if the guy can't open his eye, you, you can't see, then he can't fight. And... I don't think Jeremy Stevens was faking it at all. Obviously, we know he wasn't now because his eyes all bandaged up. But even when I was watching it live, Jeremy Stevens doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would do that. And he definitely doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would do that when the fight hasn't even started yet. Like, last week we had an eye poke. And we had it between two heavyweights. And I think more people were suspect of the eye poke because it was an exhausting first round and it was towards the end of it and... You know, some people thought maybe the they just didn't want the fight to continue, um, Todd Duffy. But no, it was, you know, he got poked in the eye legitimately. The problem with eye pokes is people don't have any sympathy for the person. It's almost like getting kicked in the nether regions, too. People are like, oh, just suck it up and fight. I mean, how would you like to get poked in the eye at full force like that? It would suck. And yeah, it didn't look so bad in the replay, but an eye is an eye. An eye is one of the most sensitive parts of your body. And if it gets poked, there's not a lot you can do about it as a recipient. You can never train to have a tough eye. Like that's just not something that exists in the world. And like you said, it's not like a case where you've seen it in boxing in the past where a guy's getting beat late into a fight and he kind of throws up the white flag, but uses something like this to, to get out of a fight. 
that wasn't the case here. Like you said, it's 15 seconds in. There's no way like Stevens would have known that he was out of his depth or something. Right. So that would just be ridiculous. Let's go back to what our buddy, Violent Bob Ross said, Luis Antonio Pena. He um, threw out this tweet, which is very relevant to our show. I don't think some of y'all could have handled Bash of the Beach 96. I know. Now, So is he referring to the crowd or the reaction to the people of the crowd? I think he's talking about the debris that went into the ring. You know, even Hulk Hogan made reference to this. All this garbage in the ring represents the fans. And I mean, yeah, if just imagine if these guys were as half as tough as Mean Gene Okerlund was, because Mean Gene (laughs) didn't budge when all that crap was being thrown. Um, He said he took a he took a milk carton to the nose. I think Mean Gene said in that exchange. Mean Gene's the man. So I think I I understand to a certain extent why the crowd was disappointed, but I do not advocate throwing bottles, Modelo cans, and all that other stuff, and injuring other people just because you're disappointed about the result of the fight. You know, some of that might have been just disappointment of, you know, the night ending the way it did, the unsatisfactory uh, result. Uh, inebriation might have something to do with it, too. We were deep into the night, you know, and those a lot of those things being thrown were alcoholic beverages that were empty. So that's something to consider. And and I've heard uh, other people sort of say this is more of a thing that just happens um, with like soccer games and, and other sporting events, maybe in the, the South American area. I guess Central America would be more appropriate to say for Mexico. I don't know as much about that because I'm, I'm just not a big soccer guy. And, you know, I don't want to be a stereotypical, oh, yeah, you know, the soccer riots happen happen all the time. So that I guess it, it can be a, a way of uh, a way of protest uh, to, to what you're seeing. But obviously it can create... Uh, a dangerous situation. And I, I think unlike pro wrestling, at least, you know, pro wrestling in 1996, you know, Hogan and those guys, they, they'd been in wrestling riots before. Like that wasn't something that was, that was new to them. This is a little bit different. And then someone also made reference to that, you know, why was there glass bottles allowed in the, in the building? You know, any of us know you go to an event, there's never glass is going to be allowed in uh, in any sporting event, and that's usually the reason why. And and I think we don't have to debate whether you should or shouldn't throw stuff at people. That's not really like a, a hot take to have. You uh, you probably shouldn't do that. Do you think though this harms the chances of Mexico City and and the country as a whole of getting cards there anytime soon? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that, and um, this definitely doesn't help their case. You know, it, it's going to be an issue that they're. USC is going to think of when they're trying to promote cards and stuff like that because, but I mean, maybe not. I mean, there have been issues like this in Brazil, right? Where the fans have just gone completely nuts and they still go to Brazil all the time. So, yeah, but, and it it seems like when it happens in Brazil, it's almost framed in a completely different way though. Like the, the Brazilian fans are the baby faces whenever this happens for some reason. Right. Exactly. So I think that in the MMA community, you know, some people are kind of, vilifying the crowd for this one and i'm going to kind of stay neutral on that as far as what i'm saying here on the podcast but i will say that uh it's not a good look for the national espn audience to be seeing this and just to be seeing the reaction that they had but you know it's going to be a little blurp as far as mma news goes for 2019 go but um what other point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're, he was real emotional during this whole thing. And I understand being disappointed and frustrated. I, I really thought he was kind of blaming Jeremy Stevens a little bit too much. You're the one who poked him in the eye. And he, he did. And yeah. he, the dude clearly wasn't faking. Like, come on. Right. And, and it just like, 
the way he reacted in the octagon, like jumping up, almost like egging on the crowd to a certain extent when he jumped on the cage and everything like that. I mean, that probably was not his motivation, but that's kind of what he was doing. He was just lighting the powder keg. And even the way he reacted to, uh, remember when he was going to get interviewed with Bisping? by Bisping and the way he reacted to Bisping, it was just like, yeah, I understand. You know, you're just about to have a fight. You're probably full of adrenaline and you're ready to go and it ends the way it did and it's your fault. So there's going to be some motion to it, but come on, man. You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show. And it will also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at PWTorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, PWTorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, I generally don't blame fighters for what they do in like that five minutes after a fight because... In most fights, the guy's been hitting the head a few times and, you know, everything's just going wild and you can't always hear the best. But uh, but at one point, yeah, he was like crying and and then uh, then he was going to fight Bisping. Then he calmed down and then he kind of started to get it was it was all very confusing. He's had a confusing career, hasn't he? There's been a lot yeah, that's gone on been a lot of in, in his time. Yeah. And, and this is a, another piece to it. I do think your point, too, like the UFC and maybe the uh, the Mexican market everyone has a whole benefits from this being a very like a low voltage card in that I think if you want to talk about something that could have potentially done harm to MMA like what happened at UFC 229 is much more harmful than this like that's you know the biggest card in UFC history and that ends like in a riot and and people having to be pulled away in a brawl that I think has much more of a lasting impact than a random card happening on ESPN Plus. Yeah, they they really got lucky that this is a card that was main evented by Yaya Rodriguez and Jeremy Stevens. You know, this was not something that a lot of people were watching. But that being said, that it, I will remember it for this the result and. Uh, the way the the fans reacted and the way Yair re- reacted, it was the perfect storm. I would love to get 
hear Dana's opinion about this. Obviously, he's not going to bash the fan base, but I mean, yeah, you're reacting in a way. I'm rewatching it right now. His court, he like you know he puts his hand over the octagon and starts um, just jeering, and his he's like moving so violently, like his corner guys have to hold him down at one point. It's just really incredible. Yeah, they they seem to have their work cut out for them yeah. <laughs> at different points uh, during the during the whole exchange. It's weird, like I said, this will be infamy, and it's it's one that people who don't watch MMA probably won't know about. But we're going to reference this card, I think, for a long time. I don't think going into it, we thought we'd be referencing this card of any card for a while. No. Do they run this? Do they run this fight back, Rick? They should just not in Mexico. Because this 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 is a uh, this is going to be a sore subject for a while. Even though I don't think they'll be going back to Mexico for a minute, because it's still one of the smaller. It's a big market, but it's a market that they don't hit all the time. I think this could just be the co-main event of um, of a card. I don't even know if I would put this in the main event again of a ESPN Plus. It, it was all, it's only a main event because of where it was at. Right. Honestly, yeah, um, yeah. It, it can just be another random fight. They probably should get it done because. Um, you know, it didn't happen. Like, there's nothing, you know, this wasn't even something that was a no contest that went late into a fight where one guy was clearly winning and then something happened. Like, we just have no information. And you feel for Jeremy Stevens as all the reports were out that he was there for about six weeks training for the I elevation, know. you know, put up a lot of money there and, and just fighting can be cruel. And I think that was a that was a lesson we learned last night in a couple of these fights. Like, you can do everything right and fighting can just... Fighting can just be brutal and not treat you well and not, you know, not get the desired res- result. And we don't know if he would or wouldn't have won that fight, but we just have absolutely no information on the whole scenario. Let's talk about the co event, which has equal weirdness to it, but in a different way. We had a majority decision going for Carla Esparza against Alexa Grasso with a 28-28, a 29-28, and a 29-28 this one was interesting, too, because um, after the fight, you want to talk about the crowd. They didn't get violent, but they had no time for Carla Esparza getting the decision here. And I uh, I kind of got to agree with him, even though this was a very close fight. I think if Joe Rogan is scoring this fight, Esparza clearly gets the victory because she had the takedowns and, and had some more dominant positions. But I thought Grasso was the much more dominant fighter in this fight, and her offense had a much had a much bigger impact on on Esparza throughout the fight. What was your take on this one, Rick? Yeah, I think Esparza controlled a lot of the action as far as the takedowns go, but Grasso was winning the fight. But, you know, with the MMA judging and everything like that, I think that Esparza probably won, got the first round in the bank, and then she got some control in the second round, and Grasso was able to get some good-looking offense. And especially, the problem is, is like, yeah, if this is pride rules, I think Grasso would have won it because... She was just dominating towards the end of the fight. But um, Esparza had just done enough, I think, to get the win. I see this as a possibility. I, like, I wasn't surprised with the judge's decision. It just aesthetically, it looked like Grasso was winning the fight. And especially with the fans backing Grasso and everything like that, and that sort of um, kind of um, favoritism, I can see why they were disappointed. And Esparza is just, a, in my opinion, just not a very exciting fighter. Like, her fighting style is not something I enjoy watching. And Grasso is trying to make it a fun fight. And so, yeah, you don't want the one who's kind of making the fight boring to win it. But that's what Esparza does. She just wrestles people down and controls them and doesn't really do much damage at all. 
And and uh, very subtly, on, on all of a sudden on a win streak, uh, believe it or not, she uh, she does get credit though for for her toughness though in that third round with that armbar that Grasso had locked on her. Sure, that she did not tap for. I, I I feel like we see this a lot more in women's MMA. Maybe it's the the flexibility that's there. There are some deep submissions that happen in women's MMA, and the taps do not always come. Have you noticed that over the years? Yeah, yeah, with. Um with various different submission holds, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. It's kind of like when it reminded me of John Jones getting uh, armbar by Vitor, and it just wasn't happening. Just the yeah, the size uh, didn't allow that to happen. And I, I just and this is completely out of left field. I, I wonder maybe maybe if we have any uh, female mixed martial artists that are listening, they can send us an email mmalivecast at gmail Like, is there a different training for for that? You know, based on what you know you would normally train for it to how deep a submission needs to be in and how to get out of it because that you know by by all intents she should have tapped there and, and she didn't. And like and like we said, this happens happens quite often. Let's move on to the the fight before that, which was in our trinity of, of really weird stuff. We had the split draw: Brandon Marino and Oscar Ajakov. Ajakrov. No, got that one wrong. Whatever. What do you think of this one, Rick? Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, it was it was okay. It, it was just a lot of grappling, and it was high level grappling. But it was also just kind of. I just I'm not really excited. That the, that we're watching flyweight bouts. Is, am I the only one that feels that way? I, I think you're stuck on that a little too much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but like, it's still, it still is a division. Uh, is it? Yeah. I mean, they, they haven't cut the top guys and they still have a champion. Besides so I don't Mighty think they're gonna, Mouse. I don't think they're, yeah, besides like <laughs> the best to ever do it. But despite that, uh, yeah, I don't, I think it's still a division. So, I mean, I understand your sentiment, but I think, uh, I think we have to face the reality that it's still around. Yeah, I'm I'm unfortunate. Like there's there were two flyweight fights on this card and I was just like, "Oh, why?" I um it was but again, it was an okay fight, but I'm it just it was just just heavy grappling from both guys, which is fine, but um then you can't get mad about the split decision cuz it essentially was like watching the same guy fight each other. It was hard to make a distinction, I thought. And yeah. that's why as we talk about so often MMA judging is just hard. Like, you know, we, we, we pour it on these guys a lot for making bad decisions, but I don't think they make these egregious decisions. Usually they're just, they're just hard decisions to make. And, and we've talked about this before and, and maybe at some point the sport will evolve to a point where it'll be a little bit easier to discern uh, who wins and who loses in some of these, because this is one where I, you know, I want to come in here and pound on the table and say, this guy should have won or that guy should have won this. Yeah. This one was, Probably appropriately a, a split draw. Like that kind of actually makes sense as unsatisfying as that is. We did get some domination though from Irene Aldana over mm-hmm. Vanessa Mello. Vanessa Mello, tough as nails also, but uh, but she got dominated here by Aldana with some 30-26s, which is uh, amazing to get that unanimous across the board. Well, hello, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my rotating group of NXT loyalists banter about the highs and lows of the booking, the progress of young talent, and the big takeover matches. Harley Padgett provides NXT all-time statistics. Tom Staub shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Justin James tells us which talents will be wasted most on the main roster. 
Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. That, and it's funny, too, because uh, Vanessa... Uh, didn't even make weight and she still lost the way she did. And it, they just seem to be leagues and divisions apart. Honestly, Aldana looked huge and she just was connecting with her strikes and she had a good jab and she was just moving around a lot, a lot of good body shots. And unfortunately for the local crowd out of the main card, this is the only uh, local fighter that got a win. So, you know, it's like they even said Aldana can start the streak for the the Mexican audience, <laughs> and she was it. That was that was the one win. Events must have been booking this one. Yeah, um, because no, you got losing your hometown. I know it was just it, it was a big bummer for the crowd. I'm sure the once that that that's another thing that you know we didn't even mention at the end of the night is you know they're probably frustrated because their hometown hometown guy is only one out of. Five one, so it's just like it's a little. Deflating. You don't get that. You don't get that. Yeah, that catharsis of cheering for the home team all night, and then and then and then that's the ending you get. Right, exactly. And and Aldana is a good fighter. Um, she had that that good fight with uh, with Pennington that was very very close earlier in the year, and this was a late replacement as well. She's supposed to face Marianne Renault, who I think uh, a much higher quality fighter. Oh yeah. Um, than Vanessa Mello at this point. But let's uh, let's close up the main card by talking about some fun. One of the craziest KOs you will ever see. Steven Peterson gets a spinning back fist victory over Martin Bravo with the KO. 131 in the second. And that why this is so significant, not only is a spinning back fist KO pretty awesome, but this was a counter-spinning back fist to another spinning back fist. Is, is there anything else we can, we can describe this as, Rick? Because this is pretty wild. It was one of the best... Um come from behind knockouts too i've seen on a uh not a i guess this is technically a preliminary fight but you guys in, in context that you see, if you see the the knockout itself it's very impressive stevenson you know like robert was saying uh was countering martin bravo's spinning back fist with his own spinning back fist but the way bravo fell and hit the ground it was all just very dramatic um but bravo was winning that fight like in the first round bravo was just Thoroughly dominating Stevenson or Peterson, and uh, Peterson was able to get his jab going halfway through the first round and make it somewhat competitive. But by all rights and purposes, Bravo was winning the first round and on his way to win the second and third. And for Steven to 
Steve for Steven Peterson to come back with that spinning back fist. It was just truly amazing. And I, you know, I hate to say it, but as I was watching it, I felt like something crazy was going to happen in this fight because Steven Peterson just wasn't going anywhere and he just seemed to weather the storm. And, and then, yeah, he connected with this awesome spinning back fist that they just showed over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I don't think it's too hyperbolic to say that. Kind of like an old-time highlight. It is, yeah. That'll that'll be on the reels of of uh, for both its its brutality and its uniqueness. Like it, it kind of checks both those boxes. Yeah, almost perfectly. And it's the one crazy kind of knockout where you heard the shock from the crowd initially, and then they were dead silent. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because Mar Bravo like, was you know one of their guys. And like yeah, it's like what what happened yeah well and they just and he lost they were like all in bravo's corner like it was just like cheering for him not cheering for steven peterson at all steven peterson tried to get the crowd back on his side a little bit in his post-fight interview but it was just yeah you know whether or not the crowd reacted it was a crazy knockout what a main card like what a main card that was think of everything we just like there was something weird or unusual that happened in every single one of those fights like that was just you want to talk about a curse card, as some say? Like this was this was just weird. Run us through the uh, the remainder of the prelims, Rick. Sure. Do do do. Okay, uh, I'll tell you. Just I'll give the highlights real fast if that's good. Angela Hill got another victory. Good for her. Uh, Marco Polo Reyes uh, was going against uh, Kyle Nelson, and Nelson finished him off with a TKO, which was uh, incredibly impressive. And incredibly quick. It happened within a minute and 36 seconds of the first round. It was one of those things, too, where the crowd was real behind Marco Polo Reyes, uh, a local. And Kyle Nelson just came in there and beat him half to death while he was leaning against the cage. And it was one of those things, too, where, you know, when you see a knockout and someone doesn't fall, people tend to think it was early. This is not early by any means. Like, it it was needed. The only thing holding up Marco Polo Reyes was the cage. Uh, Sergio Pettis got a win against Tyson Nam. Um, a three-round fight, a decision win. Uh, Sergio Pettis was clearly big, better at, on this night than Tyson Nam. It's a flyweight bout, great. But it was something, too, where it's just like, it was just not the most exciting of things, and I don't think the crowd really enjoyed watching it too much. You got Paul Craig winning uh, against... Uh, Vinicius Moreira, sorry, uh, light heavyweight bout. The only light heavyweight bout we had on this card. It was a submission uh, in the first round, three minutes and 20 seconds. It was interesting, too, because uh, Paul Craig was just getting in his strikes and everything and looking pretty good. And so when it didn't get finished with the, the strikes, he just was able to sink in the rear naked choke pretty easily. And that's how it went. Uh, I really want to just to touch on before we closed out with Sajara Eubanks and Betch Kohea. It was a three round fight. It could have gone either way, honestly. And Betch Kohea, at the end of it, when she was announced the winner, did her dance to the non delight of everybody watching. And it, for the sake of history, I would say, you know, I just she just she she has to be self aware that people hate that <laughs> like I'd, or she just doesn't care but is she though i mean i i it's hard because you know she doesn't really speak uh, great english so it's hard to get like a read on on if that's you know like 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 you know so, okay colby covington and that's a 
Kobe Covington, part of him, you know, it's an act. I'm not saying he doesn't believe some of the stuff he says, right? But you know, you can see the you can see the act coming from a mile away. I have no idea if it's an act with Betch or uh, or if that's just who she uh, is. But yeah, it was just it was so funny because Jara Eubank said she wants to win so that Betch can't do that dance, and now you know she lost and Betch in fact, did that dance, and so for her that means. You know, she was basically hadn't had a win since 2016. So this loss could have taken her out of the UFC. So this might keep her around for a little bit longer. But if I was the UFC, I would still think about cutting her. And so watch, so, watch out, Amanda Nunez. Yeah, I, Fetch is on the rise. I know. And then for Cesaro Eubanks, this is the second loss in a row. So if this doesn't get her cut, then maybe the next one, if she loses, will. But this is a fight that no matter who won the fans kind of lost and the fans really lost in my opinion with Betch K winning. And that's about it. It was, a, it's an interesting preliminary card, but nothing really to go back and rewatch. The only thing that you guys really need to rewatch if you're listening to this and haven't actually seen it is the first fight on the main card, Steven Peterson and Martin Bravo, the spinning back fist. It's yeah, something and, that and has the, to be seen. The spinning back fist is on Twitter in its entirety, but I think, like Rick said, watch the whole fight to really fight. get the context. Yeah. yeah, and so that was UFC's jaunt into Mexico City. What a what a night it was. I mean, I think we're gonna we're gonna reference this one for for a while. So this this is not gonna be the last time that uh, that people hear about this one. Let's talk about what's upcoming this week, though. And if you thought this card this past week had no star power on it, let me introduce you to the UFC's next card taking place in Copenhagen, Denmark. We got a main event between Jack Hermanson and Jared Cannonier. Now, I guess that's not an awful fight. It just has no sizzle to it whatsoever. You know, Cannonier, I think pretty infamously in his last fight, uh, got the victory over Anderson Silva and then just stood there as the uh, as the crowd in, in Rio had no use for him and then he just kind of got mad and said nothing. Jack Hermanson, for his part, he's coming off of a, of a nice little win streak, actually beating Jacare in his last fight, something I totally didn't remember happened. But he's also got wins over guys like like Branch and uh, Dias Leitas. So he's on a nice little run. Again, not an awful fight from, you know, a, a good prelim main event, but... But this is not a main event of a card in, in any meaningful way. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at pwboom.com. Once again, that's pwboom.com. Any, anything to add to that, Rick? Not really. I think Jack Branson, if he plays his cards right, could get the submission win and just, you know, main event the first card in Denmark and probably one of the most underwhelming most underwhelming cards of the entire year. It doesn't even have Nelson it doesn't even have Gunnar Nelson versus Tiago Alves anymore. I mean, like it displays on the poster. There's just there's nothing to this card, no, like you said. No, but the fight the fight that came in in place of that though is not horrible. No, but it's just not doesn't have the same name value. I mean, there's just there's literally 
just an array. Like you got Alex Oliveira on there. I know who he is, but um, yeah, OSP. We got an OSP fight. Yeah, you know. So there's uh, Lando Venata is way down on the prelims. So I mean, if you decide to watch this, uh, there will be some fights that could be interesting. But as a whole, yeah, this is one of those early cards too, I believe. So yeah, yeah, that that helps it out. But this is thoroughly skippable in my opinion and this is just again one of these cards that it's almost like a house show for the ufc just so they can mm-hmm. run a new market it just happens to be on espn plus right right and that's we we need to as i've talked about in the past not always judge them like against each other mm-hmm. and, you know so they're not all created equally and you know sometimes the ufc promotes them almost on equal footing which i understand to a point why they do that but but sometimes you know there's a, there's a reason why the uh, the two pay-per-views coming up are pay-per-views right. and these ones are on espn plus because those cards are, are 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 much much better so yeah we're not we're not going to break this down you know, in granular detail, because there's not a lot to like on this one. Like you said, Lando's on it. Lando's an exciting fighter. He doesn't win a lot, though, so I got no problem with him being buried uh, at that level. You got Lena Landsberg, you know, most known, I think, for her, her taking of a beating from Cyborg, and like you said, Alex Oliveira. So not a not a ton of sizzle on this, although it'll probably end up being a decent card, as sometimes these these cards tend to do but just nothing to uh nothing to get too excited about but rick are you excited about the rock presenting the bmf belt to the winner of diaz masvidal is that actually happening yeah well it seems like it seems like it's it's confirmed but it's hard to say because we know the rock and we know this from the role to pro wrestling his schedule is like ridiculous sure so if he's going to do something it's got to be like in stone but i would say as of right now that's what with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is happening. I don't know. Like, would he be the fair representative for that title? Or would it be someone who... Um, I don't know. I don't know if The Rock's the best choice. What, what's, what's the issue with The Rock? Well, first, he's connected to pro wrestling, and sure, this is kind of already coming off a little pro wrestling ish. So. I don't think I don't think that's the connection they're going for, though. You, I think like you think the Fast and Furious guy is what they're. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I would have thought of maybe getting a rapper or someone who's legitimately more connected to the being a badass but you know the rock so what one of the one of these face tattooed rappers that's on trial you think should be the guy maybe that, that presents it or yeah. just you know just someone who's kind of infamous for that but is not always in trouble you know yeah um, i don't know i i'm not the i'm not the like best. mike tyson might have mike tyson might have been good mike at this, tyson like, would have been a few years ago yeah yeah or ice cube or uh just i don't know ice cube's not really that either but you yeah know, something the Rock just he plays that in movies, and yeah, he comes. I mean, he's more known as a nice guy, you know. He's yeah, and he's again a pro wrestler. And I know we don't really associate him as a pro wrestler nowadays more than an actor and a superstar. But I would, if you're going to have wrestlers fight like CM Punk and stuff, that's one thing. But to have them presenting titles and stuff like that, you know, that's a pro wrestling MMA 
mixture that I, I would kind of shy away from. I'm, I know I'm kind of taking a dump on this right now, but this BMF title is already kind of like, like I said, gimmicky. Are, are you one of those? Are you, are you being one of those, Rick? No, because I like the Are you mixture. one of the BMF? Hey, are you, you and Misha Tate over no, here? No, no, no. I like, I love it. I think it's a great idea. I just, I would have thought it would have been better if it was presented almost legitimately, you know, and just... But I guess if you're going to make a fake title that's only going to be fought for once, you might as well make a spectacle out of it. I don't and, know. and look, it's the it's the it's not the rocks um, bona fides here that are being tested. It's the rocks celebrity that I sure. think they're trying to, yeah, to yeah. glom onto. It'll definitely uh, get the news the next day. Who who if if they're not going to be an MMA fight, like who who is the BMF? I'm trying to think of that like right now in. Uh, in the culture like who's who's like the baddest dude around that's what i'm saying yeah it's just like yeah. i don't think it's the rock it, it's, it's hard to say if there really like is one um you know like like back in the 90s say you know we'll, we'll go back to our childhoods right like action movies were actually a thing right they weren't just superhero movies and they weren't the cgi so i think like you could have had any of those guys that were in like the martial arts and action movies in that era and it would have it would have like fit i think a little better yeah and if you want to think of it like if you want to keep it with in-house and have some mma person present it like i don't know even though he's not the b uh bmf like they're suggesting like he's not like nate Diaz or jorge masvidal or anything like that i think like someone like boss rutin presenting the title would yeah would make yeah a lot the of, classic guy yeah, that would be cool i think boss rutin kind of qualifies as that in mma terms yeah, and any of those. I mean, I think you could have Don Fry do it, and I think that would be yeah, that that would be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. we spent way too much time thinking about that, Rick. I but think we, you know, it's it's going to be a thing as it gets closer and closer. Oh, how do you feel about the hype uh, for for the card in general? They did the 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 presser over the weekend, um, over on Thursday, and there's not this fake animosity, which I appreciate. Like these guys don't really hate each other; they're, they're doing their thing, but they're not. Um, putting putting this you know fake show on what, what do you what do you make of the hype thus far? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I think Jorge Masvidal is kind of exposing himself as a little bit of a kooky guy by showing up in these different outfits, like the uh, Scarface outfit he had during the presser, and then last night's card he was dressed in I don't know how to yeah, describe the, his attire, the sombrero and yeah, the poncho, yeah, little little on the nose. Um, I, and we didn't even talk. Cain Velasquez wearing his luchador mask too. That was interesting. Did you see? Yeah, that, that was weird. Uh, yeah, I saw. And he was, you know, he was cage side the whole night. You could see it. I talked on the the solo portion of last week's show about his, uh, right, his pro wrestling. What he Cain Velasquez in pro wrestling just makes me happy. I don't know what it is. I don't know because it's, it's this giant dude that you know his MMA career hit the skids at all the wrong times, and him just flying around doing cool lucha things. It, it just, it, it, like I said, if you're ever feeling down, just watch Kane Velasquez do a hurricanrana or a plancha, and you'll feel better. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I, I think the hype's been pretty good. We'll we'll see how it ramps up as it gets closer, though. Yeah, we'll see if, when the. I think that fake animus will pop up at some point, mm-hmm. and then that's how we'll know if this thing has kind of if it's jumped the shark or if it's uh, or if it's just fine. Speaking of Jump the Shark, let's talk about some Bellator real quick. Sure. We got two two Bellator cards coming up this week. On the 27th, you've got the Dublin slash Bellator 227 card. I believe all the Bellator 227 stuff is going to be simulcast on DAZN 
and on Paramount. I have no idea where the Bellator Dublin part of the card is going to air. I don't know if that's the zone or on the app. I don't think it's anywhere on American television, though. Uh, not a lot to talk about on the on this card, too. Another one, as Rick kind of said, a, little bit, a bit of a house show. You do have a somewhat interesting main event, and not, not even interesting in terms of the action, but just of the names between Benson Henderson and Miles Jury. On the co-main event on the Dublin card, you have the infamous fight where MVP's fighting Richard, Richard uh, Kylie. The guy's got like three fights. A lot of people wondering why this fight is even allowed to happen. And then James Gallagher, the uh, Conor McGregor offshoot uh, prodigy dude. He's going to fight R- uh, Ramon Salazar, which I believe also was a late replacement going into the week. You have, what's your interest level in the Dublin card, Rick? Pretty low. What's your interest in the card the next night? Pretty high in comparison. Yeah, we got we got a pretty big event uh, coming at to us from the Forum in Inglewood, California, the Western Forum, right in Rick's backyard, mm-hmm. but he will not be attending. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got several fights from the Featherweight Grand Prix, in- including guys like, uh, well, we got AJ McKee and Antonio McKee competing on the, the same exact card, which is kind of interesting. Antonio McKee, of course, competing on the prelim side of thing, but you got Darian Caldwell against Henry Corrales. AJ McKee versus Georgie Karataran. You're in uh, the main event. Uh, the the champion Patricio Patricio Fieri going against Juan Archuleta. Those are all high quality fights. But let's talk about the main event. Rick Lyoto the Dragon <laughs> Machida taking on Gegard Musasi in the fight of the century. The main event Who you got in you. this one, Rick? Well, uh, I got Gegard, and I, I'm gonna guess you got Lyoto Machida. Yeah, I don't know who to get because, like, I mean, and, and obviously these guys fought. Uh, many many years ago and that one went okay for Mashida getting the uh, unanimous decision over there in my mind Gegard yeah it's, it should be Gegard it's 2019 like Gegard Gegard's not that far removed from almost being a UFC champion but he has looked so weird in Bellator and, and you know he, he had the the fight the debut against Samenko where he he didn't look great looked good against Rory McDonald looked so much bigger than him and then the the loss he had to Rafael Lovato Jr. on that last time Bellator had one of those weird scheduling cards. So I don't know what to make you of it. You mean the, the fight same time, that never happened because nobody saw? Nobody saw. Leota Machida is like 800 years old. And, you know, knocking out Chael in 2019 doesn't exactly convince me that you're back. So I guess I got to go with Gegard as well. But your heart's saying Leota, right? Right. This, again, I was thinking about this last week, Rick. You always talk about if you like dog a fighter, you always you always have to do the the preamble of well, it's nothing really personal. And I was thinking we should just like drop that preamble and say, unless you're Greg Hardy, it's not personal. Right. If it's Greg Hardy, you know, screw you, it's personal. Um and I try to, you know, just be as objective as possible analyzing these fighters, unless it's Leoto Mashida, then the objectivity just goes out the window. That's fair. You know, we all have our favorites, but I think that Gager's got this one in the bag, but we'll see. <sighs> I did too. I did too. Unfortunately. It's, it's all right. The, the, um, any, uh, any actual analysis for the, for the actual main event, which actually is, is not a bad fight between Juan Atraleta and uh, Pitbull Fieri. Uh, it's going to be a good fight. I think it'll go all five rounds though. Yeah. Pitbull rolls here though. I think. Yeah. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. It's like tough. anything. It's tough to say. Yeah. This tournament's been kind of weird as it is. Yeah. I hope you like featherweights because that's pretty much all we got <laughs> all except for Leto Machida and Gegard. The, the, you mean the people's main event? Exactly.
I'm Rich Fan, host of The Deep Dive with Rich Fan, a weekly part of the PW Torch daily cast lineup of shows. Search PW Torch and Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I dive in with a guest for an hour on anything in the world of wrestling or wrestling related. Want to hear about the influence of historical figures like Big Cat or Any Lad? We gotcha. Want to hear about how crazy the Marine movies got? We are on it. No topic is too big or too small. So if you want to dive in with us, call in live or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. So the win- the winner of Machida Gegard faces Rashad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good segue. Very nice. Good segue. So it was announced this week that uh, Rashad Evans, who had retired essentially from the UFC, um, he's getting his release from the UFC, so he'll be free to fight anywhere else with any other organization. Now, it's been a, a really, really rough go for Rashad Evans in MMA, and you know he's admitted as such. And I won't say he's going back on his retirement, because even when he retired, he said he wasn't sure if he'd be done, done. But just at the moment, it kind of seemed like a situation where the UFC just wasn't going to give him any more fights. Right. So he was done. But, I mean, the guy has not won since he defeated Chael Sonnen. See a pattern here? Mm-hmm. In November of 2013. And then has just gone on an epic losing streak. Not, not necessarily losing to Scrubs, by the way. He, he fought quality competition throughout this losing streak. He lost to Ryan Bader, Glover Teixeira, Judo Dan Kelly, Sam Elvey. And Anthony Smith. Now, okay, Alvy and Kelly are kind of uh, a little bit low on the list, but those are all, you know, high quality, middleweight, light heavyweight dudes. But it's been a rough go for him. I have no doubt that Bellator will pick him up. I have no doubt we're going to bang on the table and criticize Bellator for taking him. But I think that's the reality of the situation. What do you make of it, Rick? Yeah, Bellator is there for the... What did... What did they originally want? Like, Vitor wanted, like, a Legends title or a Legends division. Legends division, that's, a Legends league. Yeah, yeah, that's what Velator seems to be. And so that's fine. If Rashad Evans can go over there and make some money, then he should go do it. I just think that, I don't know, man. There, he could have his rematch with Chael or something like that. But his star power is still kind of there, but it's a little bit more diminished than, than some of these other <laughs> guys. You know, it's it's been a while since he's been relevant. <laughs> Honestly, it's been since... It's been about seven years, you know, so he still has star power. He still has name value, but it's, I think what they would should do, Beltor, is they, they should pick up Rashad and then get, you know, make him get to the heavyweight limit and then just have him fight Rampage Jackson and just kind of that, nostalgia. That's where, mind, that's where my mind went immediately yeah. when I heard this news. Like, all right, well, that's, you want to talk about his, I think his last point of super relevance was the fight against John Jones, of course because of, of how that buildup was and it was part of the, the John Jones surge, but his last like real, uh, I think when he was at its peak was the fight with, with rampage and he won that fight. So that boring fight. Yeah. But man, the hype, you know, like the 18 was involved. That was, that was a big deal. It was a big deal. It just didn't produce, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, if he can go make the money. So is he still doing analysis for UFC right now? So would he have to abandon that? I'm not sure. I haven't even. I haven't even. Because that's an easy. That. That's an easy paycheck right there. But it's probably just not. You know, as exciting as getting back in the cage one last time. Or right, last right. Time. And he's he's pretty good as an analyst though too. Like it's kind of unfortunate if that if he wants to forego that in the short term. Yeah, but you know the writing's on the wall with that sort of thing. Sure, you can be a good former fighter analysis, but they got a bunch of those. So if you if you leave, you know, there's other guys who can fill in that spot. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But I, I do think, though, 
um, and same goes for Bisping. Guys, guys who have that level of credibility, though, it it, uh, it lends something to it. You know, guys that were at that peak of the UFC in that way. Yeah, Bisping, by the way, was on point uh, during the Mexico card. He did really well. Yeah, he did. He he gen- he generally does pretty pretty well. He's gotten better. Like that's the one thing you can see in in MMA announcing is you can tell sometimes when a guy improves and sometimes a guy's decline. Actually, I, I end up liking a guy when they first debut. Dominic Cruz, and then I, I like him less and less as the as the cards go on. I think Bisping has actually gotten gotten better, just gotten more comfortable with the thing. I don't I don't dislike Fitzgerald, but I also don't like I'm not I don't gravitate towards Fitzgerald. He's just a mouthpiece, but he's a yeah he's a, you know but he's a non insulting mouthpiece. And this he's is agnostic. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, he's just there. Yeah. And he and he uh, took cover under the table. And someone posted on Twitter at the at the like post fight party him drinking a margarita under a table, which I thought was kind of funny. funny. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Rick, let, let's close out with some pro wrestling talk. And and this was your reintroduction to weekly pro wrestling this week, as you watched the first ever edition of NXT on USA. It was kind of a split broadcast. Uh, the first half airing on the USA Network. The second half airing on the WWE Network. I know you just caught the full stream over on the WWE network, but it's the first ever two week, uh, two week, two hour NXT show. And the one that's, you know, built for the mass audience. What was your first impression of, uh, of the week one on the USA network? Yeah. I mean, think, I thought it was a good show. I thought that the main event for the USA audience was, it was decent with Roderick strong versus Velveteen dream. I like Roderick strong a lot. So he produces good matches and Velveteen dream is, you know, he's getting better and better and better. So, I thought that was a good start. I think that it's it's interesting. It's like you're, you're making this a two-hour show now, which is fine. But I th- this first show seemed to be a little bit of an introduction to quote-unquote new fans. You know, I, mm-hmm. I see that um, they got 1.2 million viewers, which is pretty good. So there had to be some new people in that crowd. But I would venture to guess that a lot of the people who were watching this kind of already – knew what NXT was. So I hope that this first show was the last of like this sort of over explanation of what things are. And it almost felt like a, um, you know, like they're promoting NXT, which they were, but I just, I wanted to be seeming more of a normal show from this point on. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. It it, was parts of it. And it was a decent show. Like it wasn't a bad show, but parts of it felt like it's the show that airs the week before the premiere. Right. Like this fight kind of felt like the primer because you had like you, you started out the fatal four way women's match to, to start it. You had Shayna Baszler kind of all over the show. You had the show end with a big brawl with just everybody, everybody involved in it. So I, I think it was it was a bit of a, a bit of a sampler platter for what NXT is, is going to be or who's who, which can get if you already know, you know, the, the basic plot and the characters that can kind of wear you out a little bit. Oh, for sure. And I, I almost wanted to put the commentary on mute. And not that I have a problem with the commentary necessarily. I just, it was getting a little excessive. Maro. I, I, don't, li- I don't like Maro on NXT. You don't? Yeah. I, I No. I was not loving the commentary at all. And um, I, I was kind of disappointed with, uh, spoiler alert, Roderick Strong wins the title from Velveteen Dream. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that they didn't really address the fact that he won because of interference. You know, I think Adam Cole super kicked uh, Velocine Dream, and then Roger Sean got the pin from that. Essentially, you know, he, he got his finisher in, but 
the, this is not a clean win. But once Roger Shang won, all the announcers could do was just talk about how Undisputed's now got all the titles, and this has been a dream of Roderick Strong's to win the title and stuff. They should be pissed, you know. He won the title because they cheated. They're bad guys. Yeah, and something NXT generally does a better is they will call heelish actions as heelish actions that you know, and not just like oh well that's what happens and on we go the way that sometimes that does happen right on the main roster. When are they going to connect Shayna to the Undisputed Era? Like you know by oh right as like an in law like and then they could really say they've got all the titles. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's they have all the men's titles, and I just think that they need to not lose that about themselves because that's what makes differentiates them to a certain extent from the regular pro- program is like heels and faces and you know just kind of old school. I know that the fans were celebrating Roderick Strong's win, but I think that the the mouthpieces for the company need to still be disappointed for, and feel bad for Velveteen Dream and say that Roderick Sean won unfairly and everything. So I just, that, that really kind of annoyed me. And then I, yeah, I thought that at the end of it too, just like that brawl was just very kind of like battle Royale and the sense where it's like all this stuff is happening, but no one really cares. It was exciting for the little fans in the arena. impact. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't think they realize how non-exciting brawls are on television. They they really yeah they when I was like a kid I always thought they were very cool and yeah. I don't know I guess I've changed since then so the only thing other than Morrow that I don't like in NXT and I li- I like I think Morrow is great in boxing and in Bellator yeah. I just think he's horrible in NXT I cannot stand him in NXT I don't like him I don't like um, uh, Nigel and great rest I just I don't like the commentary team in NXT the only thing worse than them though is that full sale crowd because they they they're the worst. They 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 just like everything, so right. there's no there's no judgment. You know, if something's not getting over. You'll never know because that full sale crowd is just kind of kind of in. They're like the inverse of the ECW crowd from from back in the day. So there, there's got to be a happy medium somewhere. But but if I'm complaining about a crowd, I, I think uh, I think we've jumped the shark now. Not only not only has Bellator jumped the shark, but we've jumped the shark at this point, and we should get on out of here and go watch some football or go do some laundry or whatever we have left to do on our Sunday morning. Rick, anything you want to say before we get on out of here? Nope. Thanks for joining us guys. And we'll talk to you next week. We will be talking to you next week, breaking down that, uh, that Copenhagen card and all the great Bellator action that we're going to find ourselves steeped in next week. And maybe even a little more of the NXT reviews. Let us know if you kind of like us breaking down NXT. We've never broke down raw on a weekly basis. Maybe, you know, with the old, uh, the glut of wrestling, we could pick one show that we focus in on just a little bit more at the end for our kind of shoes off and relaxing segment. We do when we talk pro wrestling, but that is going to do it for us this week. So go ahead and send us an email. The email address has been dry the last two weeks, but it still exists. MMA livecast at gmail.com. M-M-A-L-I-V-E-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at MMA Torch. That's at M-M-A-T-O-R-C-H. And always find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash MMA Torch fans. And be sure to check out MMA Torch. we got an interesting column up right now from Mike Hisco where he explains what he's doing today, today being Sunday. Of course, this will be a couple days out. And why he didn't watch the UFC Mexico card. So definitely go ahead and... And check that out and follow all the stuff related to PWTorch.com. All the great wrestling content over there with all the great wrestling that's ramping up. 
you definitely want to hit up that site and go to all your your primers in your previews your reviews anything great over there and they even have a new show on the daily cast lineup that features women's wrestling exclusively which uh which should be should be great i haven't listened to it yet sorry guys i'll, I'll listen to it probably going to this week i got like a million podcasts to listen to but but a dedicated women's wrestling show is something that was definitely needed in the space and you could always Go VIP. Check out all the great back issues of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter. You get caught up on all your history and all the great audio, including we're going to hear from Todd Martin this week as he was uh, he's been around the the Mexico era area. And I think he was at the event last night. May have had a beer thrown at him. Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out probably this week on the fix with Todd Martin. But that's going to do it for us this week. So for Rick, Ivan Robert, we are done. We were out of here and we will talk to you next week. Hey, if you'd like to hear this show without ads and plugs interrupting, there's one thing you can do right now to make that happen, and that is become a PW Torch VIP member. You got about a dozen other podcasts throughout the week that I host that are VIP exclusive, and you get the Wade Keller post shows and podcasts during the week with the ads and plugs removed, all on a separate feed exclusively for VIP members. Plus, tons of other podcasts that are VIP exclusive, access to our full archives of podcasts dating back to 2004, which includes post pay per view roundtables dating back to late 2004 also access to our full archives thousands of podcasts over 1500 back issues of the pro wrestling torch weekly newsletter that started it all add free access to our website and more check out full details at pwtorchvipinfo.com that's pwtorchvipinfo.com to get full details and then jump to our sign up form it's mobile friendly desktop friendly in two minutes you can be a VIP member, show support for us, and we'll give you a lot in return, including a streamlined listening experience on your iPhone or Android device with the ads and plugs removed. Go check it out, pwtorchvipinfo.com. This is love.